welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. So, um, this was the scripture. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have um, eternal life. So, we'll be holding back from this to today's, um, today's message. So, we looked at um, the assurance of our salvation and um, that we have to know and then we have to believe um, in the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. So, today we want to look at the, what, really, what really the salvation process means. Um, what does it really mean to be saved in every sense of the word? What does it mean to be born again? And how does a person get saved um, as a Christian? So, take about five scriptures. Romans chapter 10, 9 to 11. Romans 10, 9 to 11. So, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3. 1 Peter 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Um, verse 23. The same chapter, verses 23. Hey, amen. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. And then 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So, and we'll go to our anchor scripture, John chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. John 3, 1 to 7. John chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. That will be our focus for this morning. See how very much our Father loves us. No, John 3, not first John. All right. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. 
but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And um, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Amen. So, um, what Jesus said in John, it gives us an idea of how to be saved. So, Jesus talks straight about being born again. So, this scripture, it gives us a good understanding of what it means to be saved. You have to be born again. But then, in the same way, it also confuses us how to be born again because, you know, the man asked Jesus whether you have to enter back into your mother's womb and, you know, come back. Amen. So, most of the times in Jesus' communication um, to the disciples, Jesus always used some level of parables to speak to the disciples. And the use of parables is just to give people um, an understanding of the context. So, if maybe it's a farming, people are farmers, Jesus will use something related to farming to explain a spiritual concept to them. Alright, so there are many um, evidence of that in the Bible. So Jesus had the parable of the sower, the parable of the talents, and even the way Jesus spoke to his prophets, he sometimes used certain things about their lives to, for them to communicate. So if you read the book of Ezekiel, there are many things that God will let Ezekiel do, and then through that, who uses to communicate to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel who uses to communicate to um, the people of Israel. Alright, so uh, even people who see, so I say prophets, will see according to the context in which they are. All right? So maybe if somebody uh, wants to tell you that God is crowning your life, he may see you, if he's a seer, he may see you, maybe you are wearing kente and a crown. Somebody from another context who's not Ghanaian will see it in a different way by the same message. So God always speaks to us in the context that we understand to give us um, easy communication so we understand him better. Amen. So, um, so let me just give Matthew chapter 13. In the parable of the sower, uh, Matthew 13. Let's just go to verse 18. When Jesus explained what the parable of the sower Verse 18. So Jesus gave a parable that um, a man went to sow and he threw some seeds. Some fell on the wayside. Some fell on thorns. Some fell on shallow ground. And some fell on good ground. And the disciples asked Jesus to really explain what he meant by all that he said. And this is what Jesus said. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. And, but since they don't have deep root, they don't last long. They fall away as long as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the layer of wealth, so no fruit is produced. And then 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times. So, Jesus was communicating to the people because they are from an agricultural background. He's using this parable of the sower to communicate a principle about the word of God. So, I mean, people say all truth is parallel. So, what happens in the physical also happens in the spiritual. So, he can use physical things to explain spiritual principles so that people will better understand 
what Jesus is saying. Amen. Are you following me? It's like I'm teaching in a class. <laughs> so read John chapter 3 again. John 3, 1 to 7. With this background. So read it. We're going to read it slowly and read it carefully to really understand what Jesus is saying. John chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. So there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. So after dark one evening, he came to Jesus. He came to speak with Jesus. He said, Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miracle, your miracle signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, in the verse 3, if you see Jesus' response, it seems off from what Nicodemus said. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I mean, he had already preempted what the man was driving at. So Jesus just gave him an answer. Even before he spoke, back to the verse 3. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Verses 4. So verses 4 is where Nicodemus asked about how to be born again. He said, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So it means that Nicodemus took what Jesus said um, physically. As he said, literally, you have to be born again. So it means you have to go back in your mother's womb. I don't know how you do that. And you come back out. But in verse 5, Jesus replied, I assure you, and he's saying that again, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. So Jesus began to explain how to be the process of being born again. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And then verse 7, Jesus says again, so don't be surprised, you must be born again. Amen. Now, so you may be asking this morning, why is there the need to even understand the process of being born again? Because once you're born again, who cares you're born again? Right? I'm sure most of us feel that way. Once you're born again, there's no point to understand the process, how it began. Because if you're a mother and give birth to your children, you don't go back to the doctor asking what happened in the nine months, placenta, water, breaking. All you know that the baby's out, you have school fees to pay. And, you know, work must begin. Amen. So, as a Christian, the, the reason why you must understand that is that you know, don't forget, we are talking about the assurance of your salvation. If you don't understand something, you always abuse it. If you don't understand something as well, you cannot communicate it to anybody. Alright, so it is for us to have the assurance of our salvation as believers, we must understand the whole process of how we got here to being born again. Amen. So this morning, we'll look at four things about being born again in what four things that happened to us in the process of being born again four things that happened to us in the process of being born again and we are looking at this in the light of what Jesus said born again literally being born again so like the birth process I'm sure most of the men you don't understand the burning process but uh, the first thing about being born again that there must be a conception the process of being born again starts with a conception. So naturally and physically, 
um, for a child to be born, the sperm and the egg must come together, you know, and diffuse, they fertilize, they form a zygote, whatever, and the baby begins to grow in a human being or any mammal, for that matter. So it means that for somebody to be born physically, two things, almost all times, two things come together, a sperm and an egg, and diffuse to form something. That's what we call the conception. In the same way, spiritually, what Jesus is communicating to us is that for us to be born again as Christians, two things must come together. So if you look at the verse 4, um, John chapter 3, verses 4, Jesus spoke about those two things. Let's go to 5. No one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of the water and the spirit. So the conception that comes for us to be born again is the water and the spirit. Now when the Bible says the water, it's talking about the word of God. When the Bible says the spirit, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. So to be born again, the born again process starts with there must be a fusion of the word of God and the Holy Spirit. All right? So before you even give your life to Christ, you must hear the word of God. And the second thing is that there will be a conviction of the Holy Spirit in an atmosphere of faith. And that is when the seed of being born again is planted in everyone. Alright, so that is the conception. So you need the water and the spirit. You need the word of God. You need the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come to a place where the born again process starts. So a conception has begun. So a woman is declared pregnant when the sperm and the egg have met and they are fertilized. So then you see the woman has conceived. In the same way, to be born again as a believer, there should be that merging of the word of God and the Holy Spirit in the womb, in the womb of faith. And then there's a conception. Amen. Those who didn't do science and take it serious are looking at me. So I'm trying to be very non-scientific. All right. So that conception must be there. So until somebody hears the word of God and until you have a conviction of the Holy Spirit, there can never be a conception where you can start the process of being born again. Amen. The second thing is that when we are born again, um, there is a transmission of life. Verse 6. The second thing that happens to us when we get born again is that there is a transmission of life. So Jesus said that humans can, own, can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Now, when a child is born, the parents transmit the life that is in them. That is what they give to the child. So people talk of genetics. So if um, children inherit certain characteristics of their parents, their color, their facial expression, how they look, um, their height, if you are bald, it's like their son to be bald. So there, there are different things. So basically the parents are transmitting the life that is in them. That's basically what they give to their children. All right? So you have tall, you fair, if, you know, if one is fair, one is black like me. 
then the children, one can come out fair, one can come out black, you know. So the life that is in the parents is what um, is going to the children. You understand? So in the same way, when we get born again, as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. It means that there's a God life that is also given to us when we become born again. So the life is transmitted. Amen. So the God kind of life, which people call the Zoe, or what the apostles like Francis would say, Zoe, you know, the Zoe kind of life, you know, is what is transmitted into us as, uh, as Christians. Amen. So now when they say born again, it means just like to be born from above. That's what they say, mean when they say you are born again. So I mean, there's a God kind of life, a seed of God kind of life that is put in you as, um, you know, as a Christian. Amen. Now, the third thing that happens to us is that as character is produced in us. A character is produced in us. So also still in the verse 6, Jesus said humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So there's a transmission of life. Also, there's also a transference of a certain character of God in us when we become born again. The character that God has is also moving to us. The same way certain characters that you see in a man and a woman can easily be seen in children. You know? Let me know. Everybody has a certain character, good or bad. Male, female. And when your kids are growing, you can see certain some of those characters in them. Amen. My son, he's always fighting with his teachers. I know where he got it from. So I don't... Amen. So every parent, so the same way God has a certain kind of character, that character also comes into us when we are born again. So the third thing, that character comes out. Now the fourth thing, the fourth thing is that um, the birth is a complete process. The birth, birth is a complete process. The same way being born again is also a complete process. When a baby comes out, wherever you give birth to, ideally in a hospital, whether it's in a car or at home, if the baby comes out, the baby can go back. It's, while landing, he's in. So it's a complete process. It's done. Once you are, a baby is born, that is it. In the same way, when we are born again, at that time where we hear the word of God, where we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we are born again. It's a complete process. The Bible said, heaven rejoices when the soul is born. Your name is penciled down in the book of life. So it's a complete process when you say the prayer or however you get born again, whether you saw Jesus whilst you were driving, however you got born again, it's, it's done. You can't go back... Um, you can't reverse it in a manner of speaking you can't reverse it the same way when a child is born the child is born however let me add this you know you can be separated from Christ even after being born again and the Bible says that your, your name can be blotted from the book of life alright so in as much as being born again is a complete process you can't reverse it and go it doesn't mean once you have to live a certain kind of life because there can always be a separation from God 
there can always be a separation from Jesus. So, um, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. I'll show you about two scriptures. Revelation chapter 3, verses 5. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never, I will never erase their names from the book of life. It means that I don't know whether there's an erase in heaven, but your name can leave the book of life. I will pronounce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Revelations 22, 29. 22 verses 9, sorry. No, um, but he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God like you and your brothers and your brothers the prophets as well who as well as all who obey what is written in this book worship only god and um, let's take um, revelation 17 8. all right so the beast you once saw was alive and yet he will soon let me not scare you with the beast so and the people who belong to this world i'm reading from the middle and the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be, be amazed at the reappearance of this beat. I'm just trying to communicate the fact that in as much as being born again is a, is a one-stop complete process, the way you live your life will determine if your name will also stay in the book. Because as we have clearly seen, your name can leave the book. As people are coming, people are going, you know. It's like politicians. As you are coming, you are going. Right, so I'll go over the four things. The first one is that about the being born again. The first one is that it starts with a conception. All right, there's a conception of the word and the and the spirit. The second thing is that there's a life that is transmitted into us when we become born again, what we call the God kind of life. The third thing is that the character of God is also transmitted into us when we become born again. And the fourth thing is that being born again is a complete process being born again is a complete process so after knowing about all this process of being born again what it means to be born again after all the four things these things must guide us in our lives all right so as i said in the the fourth one you can come to a place where you can have a separation from god and then your name can be erased or blotted from the book of life so these four things that happen to us when we get born again, uh, we have to come, keep on to maintain the four things in our life. Because when you give birth to a baby, bam, the baby doesn't also just come, say hello to everybody, and also just go. All things being equal. Right? So it means that there's a life to live. When we get born again, we also don't just evaporate into heaven just like that. If that is, we shall just live our lives when we think we are tired and part we just give our life to Christ and we evaporate but then there is a life to live there's a life to live for every believer and in that life that we are living we must be guided by these four things it means that we must continue to always have the fusion of the word of God we must always continue to have the fusion of the Holy Spirit we must live a godly life we must live a holy life if we want to continue in how we were born amen so it's not enough knowing about all these things and not enough being assured that you are saved now you have and you know what it means 
to be born again. You know what it means um, to be saved. You have an assurance of your salvation. But your salvation doesn't end there. That's why Paul said in Philippians 2.12 that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It means that as we are living this life, there are certain things that we must do to continue in how we were born. Amen. So when you give birth to a child, the honor lies on you to responsibly raise the child in a way that he should grow. So when he grows, you'll never depart from it. So if the child, as we all are, anytime we give our life to Christ, we become born again. In order to live a life of purpose, not live a life of power, we must follow the same four things. You must always keep the word of God. You must always keep the Holy Spirit. You must live a godly life. You know, in Sunday school, they always teach a song that read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. So the growth of a believer is based on the prayer, which is the spiritual part of it, and the word of God. If the conception took place by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and by the word of God, it means that the growth will be sustained by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. Amen. The reason why a baby comes out is that the sperm, when the sperm and the egg come together and they fertilize, the egg is nourished all throughout the time in the womb and it comes out. When the baby comes out, you can't say now the baby has come, so you decide not to feed your baby or give breast milk or formula or anything that you must give the child to grow. Immediately you stop doing that, it means the child will be malnourished and the child can die. So, the same way we came into Christ, we must maintain the same thing growing up in Christ. So, when you are assured of your salvation, when you know that you are saved, you must make sure you are still saved. That's why Paul said you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It means that it's not an easy task, or it's not an easy process. It's something, it's a life that we have to live. Amen. Shall we please be on our feet? We're going to pray for about five minutes. We are going to pray for ourselves as we have understood what it means to be born again. You want to pray for yourself that God will give you the grace to continue living the life of the Word and of the Spirit. You want to pray that you live a life that is worthy of emulation. You live a life that is worthy of being called somebody who is born again. You want to pray that you will never forget the place of prayer in your life. You never forget the place of the word of God in your life. You are going to pray that the life of God that is in you will be nourished. That people will look at you and give glory to God in the name of Jesus. You are praying for that grace in the name of Jesus. In as much as we are all born again, we know where we are falling short. As we have been reminded about the process of being born again, we want to pray for ourselves. We want to pray for yourself that may God give you the grace to stay born again. As you have been saved, you will stay saved. We want to pray that you have the grace to work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. That the word of God and the character of God, the life of God that has been implanted in you, will not go will not fall asleep the life of god will grow in you you will grow as a believer you'll be watered by the word of god you'll be watered by the spirit of god in the name of jesus in the name of jesus
Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we please take our seats? message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.